You're listening to All Things Relax with Sandy D. Inspiring women to relax, rejuvenate, and find their inner zen. Here's your host, Sandy D. Hello and welcome to our show. Today I'm talking with Robin Sachs, confidence coach and motivational speaker. Hi, Robin. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, pleasure to be here, Sandy. Thanks for the invite to share. Yeah, sure. So let's get started. You've got lots of stuff to share with us, so let's jump right in. Um, Could you please tell our listeners more about you, your background, and why you decided to become a confidence coach and motivational speaker? Yeah, certainly. You know, I it really, I think, goes back to um, when I was a kid and I was a very athletic. I was playing a lot of sports and uh, I, I had some coaches who made a point of letting us know that it's not just if you know how to swing a bat or throw a ball or kick a ball, but what's actually happening in your head that makes you a better and a better and a better athlete. And, you know, they, they talked a lot about things like, and, and as a little kid, you know, you, you kind of grab this and you don't realize it until years later, you look back and go, right. oh, there's something <laughs> to that. You know, the way that you're thinking in any given moment, the way you're talking to yourself, the way you're recovering when you make a mistake, those things are so much more important to succeeding in whatever it is you're, you're looking to do than a lot of the physical stuff or the actual doing part, um, that stuff comes right. almost second at times. Because uh, if you're not in the right mindset, you're not going to perform very well. If you're not relaxed, um, you know, when you're relaxed, you can do everything better. There's a component right. of that mental game, so to speak, um, that that is just absolutely important and imperative when you talk about success in, of, of any kind, whatever that means to you. And of course, that stuff nobody right. ever really teaches you, right? We, we learn yeah, how to exactly. do things, but, but we don't really learn how to really use our mindset and our attitude to just take what we do well and, and kick it through the roof and, and really get ourselves so much farther ahead um, than a lot of people who have the same types of talent, the same types of skills, um, and the same ability. And so that stuck with me. And then I... I uh, I spent a number of years in television news, and when I made a, a conscious choice to leave that industry um, after coming to my senses, yeah. I, um, <laughs> I, I I noticed one of the reasons, one of the things that really had had from a value standpoint started to rub me the wrong way, had to do again with yeah. mindset, and it was mm-hmm. everything simply being so negatively bent, and right. so many things not being brought into the mix or being included or being presented a certain way because there's a whole psychology to negative grabs us. Positive doesn't, as odd as that sounds. Oh, that is so, 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 so true. You know, uh, G and I have talked, my producer and partner, G and I have talked a lot about how it's so different, like the media in the U.S. versus if you go overseas. Just oh, that's so true. What? Yeah, it's it's exactly what you say. Yeah, that spot on. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, and it's it's mind boggling. And and at some point, mm-hmm. I I was realizing that was what was bothering me about the industry as a whole. And I thought, wow, I don't want to be a part of this. And as I left that industry, yeah. I was I was starting to kind of think about, you know, well, well, what do I actually want to do next? And I loved this idea of of working with people, just helping them 
think things a little bit differently so that they could get over these little hurdles in our lives because we all have, you know, these 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 pebbles on our paths in our lives that we trip over constantly. None of them are boulders, they're little pebbles and we throw those right. pebbles in our own way. <laughs> and when you learn to start to shift your mindset, when you learn to just look at things a little bit differently, you realize that everything that was in your way is very easily pushed to the side. You realize that all the baggage that you've been carrying that's been part of the challenge can start to be unpacked or at least refolded or or right. you, you can do things to make life easier. You can do things to help yourself get in a place where you can show up as a calm, confident, relaxed person who's in control of you. And, mm-hmm. and that's part of what, you know, what we'll talk about a lot today is this idea that yeah. you know, so many people wait for other people or other situations to show up or to do things or to make decisions for them. And the more that I started realizing, wait a minute, no, no, no. Every single one of us has everything we will ever need to do what we want to do. It's we need to start focusing on what we can do versus what we can't do, what we can do now versus what we think we have to wait for. And and that just became a game changer. And so I started I, I started just speaking about it. If I could get in front of a group, you know, at a, a local chamber meeting or something, I, I would go in yeah. and talk about this idea of how do you flip the switch, so to speak, in your own mm-hmm. head so that you can step up to the plate and swing that bat anytime you need to. Um, and feel like you, a handful of times, you're going to hit the ball. And that's all you need. Life to be perfect. You don't need everything to be right all the time or go well. That's not what this is about. And so, um, you know, giving yourself permission to do what you need to do and then owning the fact that you're the one that's in charge of that. Yeah, perfect. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and so that, that was something that at some point, I realized looking back, I was always that that friend or family member that a lot of people had come to and said, can you give me clarity? Can you tell me the other side of this? You're really kind of good at that. And isn't it true? <laughs> we're we're the last to know what we're actually good at. It takes us a long time to That's discover so, that. And, and so everyone, else, everyone else who knows us goes, you didn't know you're really good at that? Yeah. So, <laughs> what do you mean you didn't know? <laughs> so so oh. I, I started sharing on social media. I started putting things out there um, and started getting contacted by people going, can you help me through this issue? Or can you help me talk about this? Or, you know, public speaking is something big because of my background. You know, I'm I'm leading a right. team now, or I have to go give this talk. I don't like it. Uh-huh. I'm really scared. How, how do I right. show up more confidently, more relaxed and, and do a really good job? Um, wow. And you don't have to wait to those for those moments. We all have moments every day in our lives where we'd like a little more confidence and a little less stress. And that's exactly. what I love to help people figure out how to do oh, that. I love it. So then let's start, speaking of this great segue, so let's start with confidence. So many of our listeners actually are entrepreneurs and they like struggle with up-leveling in their business. So in your opinion, what are some of the common, the most common things that may hold us back when it's time to up-level and get like might get in the way of feeling confident. Yeah, you know, so the the number one thing that gets in our way is us, <laughs> which mm-hmm. which is a beautiful <laughs> thing to know, a beautiful thing because again, that means that we can do something about that. We don't have to wait for right. other people or other things to happen. 
you can start leveling that up right now with a handful of shifts. And, you know, what, what the way that we get in our way often comes up in my mind in three different ways, three big ways that we get in our own way. One is, has to do with perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this, this is something that I'll go back to my news days. Um, and, and this is something fascinating. If you're watching a newscast and the weather forecaster says there's a 20% chance of rain, what do we all think? What do you start thinking yeah, so, about? Yeah, you start thinking, ugh, it's going to rain today or it might rain today. Kind of like, exactly. Right. We, we yeah. go with that thought. But we don't stop to think, oh, so what that person actually said was there's an 80% chance of sun. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right? And, and, you know, it's same thing. They'll say partly cloudy. They'll almost never say partly sunny, even though those are the same things. Right. right? Exactly. The anchor, yeah. the anchor at the news desk will say, oh, there's a 10% unemployment rate. But they'll never say today we have 90% employment. Right. And so one of the things that, that I became hyper aware of with that experience was, you know, you, you cannot walk into anywhere these days, right? Without assuming we're walking back into places these days, right? You right. know, <laughs> you can't walk into a McDonald's without a flat screen TV. And what's of course on that TV, one of the news stations, pick your poison, right? One of them. Right. And across <laughs> the bottom in bright red is usually well, something like, Yep, the tickers and breaking news and everything is urgent and everything is going on. And there are five different things on the screen you're looking at while you're listening to the person talk. And if you ever listen to the anchor, what they're typically saying, not in these exact words, but pretty close, we have no new information. We're not sure what's going on. We don't even know if there's something going on. But we're going to bring 14 other people who also don't know what's going on in to talk because we got time to fill, right? We've got airtime. We we say in French, we say um, it's parler pour rien dire, which means talk to say nothing. It's just fluff time. You know, they they have nothing. They're just bringing all these people on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, no. I I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And, And not only that, but we're we're usually filling with what can go wrong, what might be going mm-hmm. wrong. We never stop to look at that other side. And so my reason for bringing that up is perspective is a part of our problem because we are so surrounded by that thinking in our society 24-7 that it starts to sort of erode our brain a little bit and it makes yeah. us start to think that. That becomes a habit. And so what happens is the second thing, it leads to the second thing that gets in our way, which is our self-talk. Right. What we do is we develop this habit from that, from, from that teaching us how to think about constantly going, what's wrong? What am I doing wrong? What am, what's going wrong? What could go wrong? And we're constantly having that negative little self-talk voice in our head, always cri- being critical. And, and sometimes being a bully and telling us we're no good at mm-hmm. something or you can't do that. And what right. starts to happen is we're our own worst enemy. And yeah, oh, totally. I'm thinking like even in like the workplace, like let's say your boss calls you in to talk and it's like, you know, your first thought might be, what did I do wrong or something? And it's like, no, they're delegating a task because you're competent. You know, <laughs> Right. Exactly. It's like, it's becomes a default. And so, mm-hmm. you know, Again, part of success isn't about just looking at the obstacles. Part of success is you've got to look at the opportunities and the possibilities. And so the idea here is, you know, begin to become hyper aware of how you talk to yourself and 
when you realize, because we all do this, that your autopilot Mm -hmm. is, uh uh-oh, negative stuff, What's what could go wrong, what I think is going wrong, even if it's a lie, right? Because sometimes we tell ourselves we're really bad at that when that's absolutely not the truth. We believe everything we think for some reason. Guilty as charged. (laughs) Aren't we all, right? You know, start to pay attention to that conversation in your head. And the key here is, if you're only looking at partly sunny, or excuse me, partly cloudy, or 20% chance of rain, and that's all you're ever focusing on, the the rest of the feel that you have all of a sudden makes everything feel bad and like a burden and like a challenge and like it could go wrong and I don't want to take a risk. And so we tend to stay where we are because that's a comfort zone and we don't move forward with that because we're afraid to take a risk because risk equals bad when all we're doing is looking at one side. But when you remind yourself, yes, there's a 20% chance of rain. That's the truth. However, there's also an 80% chance of sun. In other words, of course, it's a risk. Things can go wrong. What if it doesn't work? But what if it does? What could you do with it if it does happen? If you're only giving yourself half of the story, you're Mm -hmm. not giving yourself the story. You don't have the story. A true journalist speaking there. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, that, that self-talk component is, is absolutely key. We get in our way so often because of those thoughts. They're either half thoughts or they're negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're just machines as human beings. And, and the way that it, this filters into confidence is we tend to have a thought. That thought creates a feeling or an emotion. Right. That feeling or emotion creates behavior. And so if my thought is, I don't know if that's really going to work, Right. the feeling becomes, ooh, I'm kind of nervous and maybe I'm I'm sweating a little and my stomach's flipping a little because I don't know about that. (laughs) And the behavior is I take no action. I stay where I am. Mm -hmm. As opposed to if the thought changes over to, well, of course there's some risk and of course it might not work, but let's play out for a moment. What if it does? Right. If it does... That would be amazing because then we could do this. And if we did that, we could do this. And now you all of a sudden feel good. You feel inspired. You feel motivated. And guess what that behavior becomes? That moves you to action. Let's try something. Let's Mm -hmm. do something. So, you know, everything starts in that six inches between your ears. And, (laughs) you know, a a lot of times with working with, with whether it's corporations, whether it's with individuals, whether it's with entrepreneurs, that is probably the biggest barrier is they're saying, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm learning that, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing. And it's like, stop. This voice up in your head, what is it saying? Because if you need to rewrite that script, you need to rewrite that script. If you're doing new things, but you're still working with the same chapter that you've been reading over and over and over and over and over for years, you got to turn the page and write a new chapter up there because that is actually the control center. That's running it all. And you might not realize it. Those thoughts, even if you think you're taking action in a Mm -hmm. very positive or forward-moving way, those thoughts are pulling you back and you may not even realize it. And, you know... That that's that's absolutely key. So so shifting that perspective, making sure you're giving yourself the whole story, not just the half, because the half is usually negative that we give right. ourselves. <laughs> like a both you know, sides. The, 
right. The, the self-talk piece, you know, become aware, manage that conversation in your head. And if you need to, to, if you have that voice that's getting in the way, you know what, give that voice a name and talk back to it. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. You, you can call it Bob and say, Bob, sit down and shut it for right now. I don't time for you right now. Right. right? Or, exactly. or I don't agree with you. Or yeah. you're right. And we're working on that. Take control of that conversation in your head. Don't just go with the flow because that's a dangerous place to be mm-hmm. if you're looking to, to get out of your own way. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love the naming of your inner bully. Um, I've got a friend of mine, Rebecca. Um, She's got a program called You Unleashed. And in part of that program, because I've been doing a lot of inner work and um, as far as addressing like the whole like inner bully, she was saying similar thing, like give that a name. So my inner bully's name is Zelda. And everybody's like, where'd that come from? I said, I don't know. I think I was watching something on a Scott Fitzgerald's wife at the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, no. I, and as you were speaking, there was something else. I mean, I know I was asking you specifically like entrepreneurs, but as you were talking through that, I was thinking, yeah, that whole inner bully and inner critic on like the organizational level. I, I'm thinking of the different places I've worked throughout life. Um, one in particular where they had to call in like pricey consultants to help with um, the fact that there was a huge resistance to change. And it's like on a collective level, there was like a constant sort of inner critic, I guess, of the organization. So yeah, I mean, I was thinking as you're talking about it, not only is it on the individual level, but it can it permeate throughout an organization. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, boy, the time that we've, we're going through right now that we've been in in the last year and a half, you know, was was a great example of that, I think. You know, companies had to shift in some ways. And yeah. the companies who didn't do that well, whether it was with their product or their service or their teams or their, you know, how things are delivered, um, didn't do well or didn't make it through. And the ones that went, hey, this isn't how we've done it, but that doesn't matter. Here's how we need to do it going forward. And, and that adaptability, that flexibility is is really what we're talking about. And again, if, if right. you know, if you, you're still working with the same stuff that's been getting in our way for years, oh, it's time to flex over here and start telling yourself some different things that are going to help you do exactly what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So my next question um, kind of feels like the previous one, but so <laughs> forgive me. So what is the actual secret to self-confidence that every one of us already has? All right. So. And I know you can go different ways with that. <laughs> there's there's some different ways, but here here's the thing that's really important to understand. There is only one thing that builds confidence. There is only one thing, and that is taking action. Right. Okay. Exactly. You, you can't, okay. you can't right. think your way to confidence. You can't talk your way to confidence. You can't do that. Nobody else can give it to you. And the idea right. is, right. you know, experience builds confidence. And so when you, when you sort of couple that with, with some of the stuff we were just talking about is, mm-hmm. you know, the story you're telling yourself in your head is going to determine whether you're going to show up or not, whether you're going to take right. action or not, whether you're going to have an experience or not. And sometimes what happens is, is we, we sort of inflate the experience we think we need to have. And what I mean by that is we we think we have to take big steps. 
Um, right. You know, for for example, um, maybe, and, and again, I, I work with a lot of people with public speaking, and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people want to gather information, gather skills, learn a little bit more. And then they think in terms of the next time I'm speaking in front of a group, I can use this stuff. And it's like, no, 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 no. The last thing you want to do is get on the the field on game day without having practiced at all. And then we're going to play the game well. That's, That's not when you want to be thinking and trying things and seeing if stuff works. What are the things you can do in everyday life? They're little tiny things that all of a sudden build you up because of that little experience every single day that by the time you get to the big game, right, you mm-hmm. step in front of that group. So right. much of this is second nature. And, you know, little things like in my, in, in my opinion, public speaking is anytime you open your mouth. I mean, we, yeah, we public exactly. speak. Every day, all day long, you open your mouth yeah. to speak. You are public speaking, you know, stop right. even if you're the- online at the grocery store talking to your cashier, right? You got it. You yeah. got it. We talk all day long. We have conversations all day long. We share ideas all day long. We ask people about them all day long. We stop and listen and learn all day long. You do this all the time. And so, you know, what are those little things you can do? You know, if if I want to get better, for example, at public speaking, I can think in terms of, huh, I can say hello to more people as I as I'm right. interacting with them. I can look them in the eye and say, hi, how's your day going? That little bit of eye contact practicing, that little bit of connection practicing, right? right? You can practice listening, right? Stop talking sometimes and just listen, right. <laughs> you know. That's a huge component of public speaking, as a matter of fact, which is interesting right. when you think about it. Um, so the practice, practice, practice. It's like anything else. And, and the reason that I, I say that this is kind of the secret that you already have is most people mm-hmm. don't think about it that way. Most right. people think, oh, I'm either confident or I'm not. Some people are born confident mm-hmm. or they're not. You know, that's completely not true. The secret is mm-hmm. it's a skill set that you can learn and practice like any other skill set. And the people who truly seem like naturals to you are not. They've just learned the skill set and practice it in these little ways every day. So right. don't think of it as a big thing you have to do. Think of it as stuff you do every day, all day, and just kind of reframe that in your mind as, The only way I can build my confidence up is to do these little things every day because every one of those tiny experiences grows my confidence. And then when I need it or want it in a situation, I can sit back, take a breath and remind myself with that self-talk, hey, you know what? You got this. You can do it. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. You know, common thing in like um, a lot of the entrepreneurs that I know in some of the business masterminds, like. A common theme is either some people are like love going, for example, Facebook Live in their groups or Instagram, doing Instagram Lives. They either love it or some just read it. And it's it's funny because I would put myself kind of um, in that boat as well. Previously, I would dread going live, but then I was challenged, hey, just go and do it. And it doesn't matter if you're good or not, just keep practicing. And the more I did it, I was like, this actually really isn't hard. <laughs> you know, like you said, if you just 
jump and take the action. It's like, it's like validation. Like, yeah, you can do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and again, is it the thing that stops us? Is that self-talk again, going back to what we right. were talking about before is I can't do that. I'm no good at that. You know what? Stop talking and just go do it. And all of a sudden you get right. to a point and you go, wait a minute, you know, I, holy cow, I am doing it. So it, it makes no sense for me to tell me I can't do it anymore because I'm already doing it. And yeah. if I yeah. make the point to just go do it, you know, every single person who is is a professional at anything or an expert at anything is exactly where you were right now at some point, right? They're exactly right. where you or I or anybody else is. They were a beginner. And the only mm-hmm. way they got to where they are, there's only one thing they did. They learned some of the skills and they did them every time they had a chance. Every day they just did them. It was non-negotiable. That's the only right. reason any expert is an expert. They were. Yeah, I mean, think about, yeah, think about babies. First they crawl and then they someday realize, oh, I can push myself up, pull myself up and walk. <laughs> they don't necessarily walk perfectly the first time. They trip a little and fall down and keep getting back up, right? Hey, exactly. And that's yeah. part of, you know, because babies don't have that filter that adults do where what will people think if I fall down again? What will people think, right? We right. get so worked up about things like that. And the reality is no baby ever in the history of the world, <laughs> fell down for the fourth time and went, well, this walking thing isn't for me. So let me just, I'm just going to crawl the rest of my life. No, right. you keep pulling yourself up until you walk. And then the second you do, you never think about it again. Right. Exactly. Right. But again, that, that self-talk, we get in and start beating ourselves up. You'll never do this. Why can't you do this? What's wrong with you? What will people think? Who cares? <laughs> just keep going. Right. Nobody's paying that much attention to you. As you are to yourself, I guarantee right. it. They're, exactly. they're all in their own heads wondering, what's everyone thinking of me? <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> well, thanks. We're going to take a really short break. When we come back, let's talk about stress management, one of my favorite topics. <laughs> this okay. Sounds good. Yep. Are you a life coach? Hi, I'm Sandy D, Queen of Podcasts and, and I'm an introvert with a capital I. By launching my podcast, I overcame my fear of public speaking and stepped into my power to share other women's inspiring stories. Starting your podcast is a great way to connect with your audience and attract your dream clients. I've created the Introvert's Guide to Rocking Your Podcast eCourse where you will get in the right mindset to find your star power and rock your podcast. Visit allthingsrockstudios.com and sign up today. You have a voice and it deserves to be heard. Okay, Robin, when we spoke previously, you mentioned something that really resonated with me. It just jumped right out. You said, notice how it's called stress management and not stress elimination. Could you please elaborate for our listeners? Because I really enjoyed that. Absolutely. So Mm -hmm. the term that we use when we're trying to learn how to stress less or be more relaxed, of course, is stress management. And we look for stress management tips. And Mm -hmm. the, the thing that's sort of funny to me is 
oftentimes I think people think of, I just don't want to stress anymore. I don't want to stress about those things. How do I get rid of stress? And the reality is stress isn't going away. That should mm. never be the goal ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it's, that's why it's, it's not called stress elimination. There's no way to learn how to just get rid of it. And in order to kind of think about that a little differently or really have that, that resonate is to reframe stress a little bit because not all stress is bad. Right. We, again, that's one of those things we've labeled stress equals bad and in, in our society, at least. And it, it's not, there's actually an entire wing of, of stress research called eustress, EU stress, mm-hmm. that, that is all positive stress and the positive impact of stress. And, and you might think, well, what's the positive impact of stress? Well, if we didn't have things like deadlines or th- right. we have to do things by a certain time or date, we would never get anything done. Okay. <laughs> I used to work at publishing, so I'm laughing because it's like, yeah, we, if we didn't have deadlines, do you think those publications would go out on time? Come on. <laughs> right. right. And so, you know, th- there are positive things to stress, right? If you've decided, hey, I'm going to run my first 5K. Well, it's not that you show up that day and run your 5K. That's not how life <laughs> works. You have to sit down yeah. and go, okay, here's that date. So by this date, here's what I'm going to work up to. And here's, I'm going to make a little plan for myself. That is a is a, an example of a deadline or something stressful, you can think, that actually has a motivation to it or an inspiration right. to it. So stress in the right perspective can can push us towards accomplishing a ton of things. So, you know, reframing that is it's not always bad. The thing with stress is it's usually not a situation or a person that's stressing us out. It's right. often the fact that we're obsessing about that situation or that person that is right. causing all of our stress. Right. And so, you know, the idea here with stress management is to really learn to develop a great working relationship with your stress mm-hmm. because it's there. And sometimes it's a helpful partner. Sometimes it's not a helpful partner. But, right. <laughs> you know, there there are so many ways to do this. And some of them, you know, seems so simple that I think a lot of people go, oh, well, that's that's too simple. There's got to be more than to that. And we don't do them. <laughs> but, you know, s- when my stress levels are rising through the roof, there are ways to bring those stress levels back down to a place where they are more manageable. Because if your stress levels right. are manageable, you can take control. You can do something about them. They don't have to go away. So, you know, and, and some of those things are, you know, something as simple as a breath, Mm -hmm. you know, the difference between reacting, which is stress inducing Mm -hmm. and responding, which makes you feel much more in control. The difference between those two things is often just a breath or two. And, you know, I'll I'll give you a, a real world example of that. Because you either do this or you know someone who does this. You're driving <laughs> down the street and everything's perfectly fine. Somebody cuts you off and you've got to slam on your brakes. And at that moment, there are two possible responses. Response number one, you slam on your brakes and you start yelling and gesturing and screaming and whatever else comes out of your mouth. And sometimes you get so worked up. You got to like pull next to the person so you can look at them. So you can just stare at them. 
And, <laughs> and we get so worked up so quickly about something that was really a, a nothing. It wasn't a right. malicious attack. You right. might've been in a blind spot, whatever. It exactly. had nothing to do with you, nothing. We immediately made it all about us and then got crazy about it. Now, if you go back to them cutting you off, the second response I could have had would have been slam on my brakes and say, glad I was paying attention. Right, exactly. On with my day, right? Right? Yeah. Just, oh. you know, yeah. That resonates because I have a 17 year old who's still, you know, kind of like, you know, he's got his full license, but like driver and kind of training here. And sometimes when I ride in the car, I'm like, you just have to relax. If someone cuts you off, it doesn't matter. Move on. Like, don't stress out about right. it because it, like, it'll affect the rest of your day. Exactly, Sandy. And that's the thing is we actually start a, a chemical reaction. We begin, we throw ourselves immediately into fight or flight. And the thing is, is if you don't do something to kind of get control of that fairly quickly, it's going to impact your next several hours. And the reality is the person that cut me off didn't create my res- my stress. Right. The person, my choice of how I reacted or responded is what dictated my stress level. And that's more and empowering because so, you have the control to flip things around. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, and when we think back to that idea of of confidence, you know, confident people are never in control of other people or the situations. Right. They're in control of themselves. And that's huge. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter who's in the room. It doesn't matter what direction the discussion's going. It doesn't right. matter what the situation is. How can I be in control of me so I can show up in a way where I can do what I need to do? Exactly. And, you know, a huge component of that, of course, is is learning to just be in a place where when my stress levels shoot up, how Mm -hmm. can I bring them back down so that I don't get pulled into other people's chaos? I can pull other things into my calm. Right. I like that. So then... Um, uh, that sort of piggybacks into like, what's the relationship between confidence and stress? And I'm trying to remember, I think when we talked about this previously, it almost, when I see you like gesturing, it almost felt like a seesaw. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely. You know, I, you cannot be confident without knowing how to manage your stress. Mm Mm-hmm. It's impossible. And if you think for a moment of, you know, picture somebody in your mind that you know or you've seen before, whether you know them or not, who is is confident. You watch them and you just think, wow, they're just, they're a confident person. Right. And if you if you stop and think about what are they doing or not doing that makes you think confident, because it's it's kind of hard if you think about, well, what does that mean, confidence? Yeah, define it, right? <laughs> right, right. You know, one of the components, 100% of the time, you will find when somebody has real confidence, not fake confidence, because you can see that right. a mile away, uh, yeah. someone, who has, someone who has genuine confidence, one of the key things that is setting them apart, no matter what else is going on, is they're kind of cool, calm, and collected. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, again, we, we think of relaxation as a feeling sometimes. Relaxation is a skill. 
And again, right. you can <laughs> you can learn it. Absolutely. And so a huge piece of confidence is that being able to manage stress. And so again, in order to be in control of myself to feel confident, you know, again, there's that self-talk component. Am I riling myself up and revving myself up or right. am I reminding myself, hey, even if it's a bad thing, what do we need to do about it? Let's let's right. always be in the other side of the story mind frame or mindset. Um, the the other piece of it is has to do, I think, is with resilience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, resilience is absolutely a component to, to confidence and managing stress. And, yeah. you know, of course, resilience is all about, it's not the mistake, it's the recovery. Right. You know, how are you bouncing back? How are you recovering? That's what's key. The mistake is never a big deal. How do you recover from the mistake? That's everything. And, and again, you know, going back to, you know, playing ball as a little kid, you know, it, it amazes me. You, you even see this sometimes in, in the major leagues or with professional ball players, those mental mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you, you know, if, if you miss a ball, it goes between your legs. <laughs> you know what? You need to be able to be resilient and say, you know what? That doesn't mean I'm an awful player. That doesn't right. mean I forgot how to play. That means I didn't get my head down. I didn't get my body down. I didn't right. get in front of it. I know exactly what I did. It was a one-time thing. Everyone makes mistakes moving on and get right back. So when the next ball is hit to you, you get down and you make the play. Right, right. When, yeah. When we, when we don't do that and we don't manage the conversation in our head again, What can happen, unfortunately, is we spiral and that one miss affects the next three or four times the ball comes to me. Right. Yeah. So you need to be able to like manage. Yeah, exactly. Manage that and say, oh, yeah. So, okay, missed it this time. But yeah, keep moving on. Yeah. It kind of, when we're talking about this too, I I had in the, it was like in in my mind, because I've probably shared this before, but I've been a lifelong cat mom. (laughs) So I love cats. And and as you're talking about that, I'm thinking, just think about like the cat who falls, they just jump right back on their feet, you know, they (laughs) just jump back up. They don't care. You don't see the cat thinking, oh, gee, how do I do this? No, they just move right back on. And yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and Sandy, that's a great example because, you know, again, us silly human beings, right? We make a mistake or do something and immediately it's so easy to get pulled right into that. Oh, what will people think? Oh, I'm such a klutz. Oh, I'm so stupid. Oh, (laughs) and we just start going with this. And the reality is if you just like the cat, just keep going. Nobody remembers. Nobody remembers that one mistake, that one thing that happened, but we obsess over it. And that, again, is what creates so much of our stress. It's not what's happening. It's the story we're telling ourselves about what happened. Absolutely. And that goes back to the beauty of that is you have total control over shifting that. So a few little shifts do that. You don't have to wait for someone else to do it. And again, nobody's thinking that about, you know, thinking the way about us, the way we think about ourselves. They're too busy in their own heads thinking the same thing about themselves. So I have to have a conversation with Bob or Zelda or whoever you've named your inner bully. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's okay, Bob. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, so what advice would you give someone who wants to overcome their fear of public speaking, for example? Ah, so, so the number one thing with public speaking that I like to start with immediately to, to have people just start to think differently about it is it's not about you. 
It has literally nothing to do with you. If you <laughs> yeah. have been asked to get up and share something with other people, it's because the people who asked you know, you know a little bit more about it than them and they need to know that or would like to know right. that. And and so, yeah, we get so, again, in our heads caught up about it's all about me and what are they going to think of me? And am I, do I know this well enough? Did I prepare well enough? You know, what if I trip up on a word? What if I can't remember what I was going to say? And the reality is, guess what? Again, let's go back to you talk all day long. You have conversations all day long. Right. Nothing is a presentation. Everything's a conversation. Get I love in that. that. <laughs> yes. You know, and, and that's something that you do regularly. So the first thing is, it's not about you. It's about them. If you're talking to people, what do they need to know? Just, just tell them, share that with them. You don't have to present it, share it with them. Right. How can you make their, their jobs easier, their lives better? What is it you're offering them? And explain it in real human terms. You know, don't right. get up there and talk about a bunch of stats and data and charts and stuff. <laughs> that drives me crazy. <laughs> make it relatable. Oh <laughs> exactly. You know what? If you've got data and numbers and stuff, what a great opportunity to go, here's what that means in real life. What right. it means is- Translate it. Yeah. Tell me the story. Show me. Explain to me. Help paint a picture so that I can understand how what you're telling me affects my life one way or another. Right. We when when it comes to presenting or, or public speaking, uh, you know, I'll, I'll always ask somebody, you know, finish this this phrase. A, a picture is worth. Right. Thousand words. Right. A thousand yeah. words. Why are you trying to give us a thousand words when all you need to do is help paint a picture for us so we can walk out and go, I get it. I see. That's why we even right. say things when we understand something. We say, I see. Right. That's, exactly. that's how our brain works. And so instead of getting so focused on words and scripts and memorizing and what if I mess up, start to think in pictures, start to think in stories and examples, start to help people understand the information you're giving to them, how it actually applies in real life somehow. Right, that is exactly. Huge. That is huge. Oh. So, uh, you know, uh, another thing um, is, is again, you know, and, and this sometimes can just be a simple mantra or something. Keep your focus mm -hmm. outward. Just keep your mm -hmm. focus outward. As soon as we start focusing inward, it becomes all about us. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or you yeah. Refocus back out onto them, your listener, your audience, your whoever it is you're talking to. Again, it's about them. How can you help them? That also helps you do things like get concise and get to the point and have them right. give you ideas as part of the conversation instead <laughs> of you thinking, I have to get up here and talk for an hour. No, you don't. Yeah. Please don't ever do that. Oh, that no, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's not good public speaking. No. So, um, yeah, the, the main thing, it's not about you. That one mindset shift right there often that's can a take huge some one. pressure off. That is a huge one. And I've talked to you previously about as an introvert kind of having to overcome the fear of public speaking and pretty much most of my life I was in the background you know publishing and editing and not going to talk to people but more recently working with international students I have to be out there and presenting information and that huge shift was okay I have information that I need to share that's going to it's going to actually affect their life like for example after they're done with graduation 
um, being able to apply for like work authorization. Like this is valuable information. I have a captive audience because they want to be able to work, you know, and I had to like shift my thinking. And it's like, it's not about me. Nobody cares how stressed out I possibly might be. And then when I think about, well, I'm helping people, I'm sharing this information with them. It totally helped it, like lifted that weight, I would say, you know? Nice, nice. That's fantastic. And it's so true. And sometimes it's just shifting a little word. You know, I have to present. No, you don't. You have to share. Right, Right. exactly. It's a presentation. to share instead of have to. (laughs) There you go. And and again, wow, you know, it's not that topics are boring or that your audience isn't interested. How can you, if you were in your audience, how could something somebody needs to know how can you make it more interesting or more exciting? You know, right. ditch the script, throw the script out and talk about it. That's when your ideas and your right. passion and how you feel about things, how you come across saying, hey, this is great stuff that you need to know. This is stuff that'll put you ahead. Right, right? exactly. Yep. What is it about them that you can help them understand? That that changes, it changes the, the game completely. Absolutely. Wow. So can you share uh, a little bit, I understand you have a course and it's owning your confidence and I'll include also a link out to that in the show notes, but can you share briefly um, about your course? Oh, thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. So yeah. Uh, my, th- this actually was a, for lack of a better term, a pandemic baby. Um, oh, cool. so, <laughs> um, um, a, a lady who is a, a, a voice coach among many other amazing things in London and I connected on mm-hmm. LinkedIn and we just started talking and this course ended up becoming um, something that came out of it, a collaboration. And nice. it, it's wonderful what we together, we we teach you how to build awareness about, again, your own relationship with your own confidence, give you a ton of mm-hmm. tips and tricks about how to genuinely show up, how to master more positive self-talk, how to master effective body language, um, how to how to have your confidence be coming out in in your voice? How to lower those stress levels? Um, it, it's just it's filled with tons of practical techniques and exercises that just can help you to level up your confidence, no matter what oh, level you're it. starting at. Yeah, no matter where yeah. you're starting at, um, you will end. Uh, you'll take what you're already doing well, and you will kick it up several levels. Oh, I love that. So yeah, so I'll be sure to make sure that that information is in the show notes. So everybody listening, um, definitely please check that out because that sounds fantastic. And I love how you refer to this as the pandemic baby. And I love hearing about this international collaboration because as many people know, I'm all about international too. So that's really cool. <laughs> nice. And and you know what is, as just as an aside, you know, again, we don't realize not everyone's comfortable still with virtual and remote and they want to get back yeah. to face-to-face so much. And you know what? I cannot tell you over the last year and a half, the people I have met and worked with and had conversations with and collaborated with that if I was still working face-to-face and wasn't right. in that predicament with everyone else, I never would have met these people. And and it has just opened up literally the world to Seriously, all of us. I know. Phenomenal I, thing. Yeah. I know. I, I feel the same way. There's so many people that I would never have otherwise met if it hadn't been for the pandemic. Because without mm-hmm. the pandemic, I wouldn't have... Because even though I'm an introvert, I do love people. And I thought this is a good way to connect with other people. And yeah, that's so true. It's kind of the blessing in disguise, I guess, for the, the pandemic is being able to like 
because of everything going virtual is meet all these people you you never would have in a million years reached out to or known about. So yeah, I love that. In, in, in every obstacle, there's an opportunity. Just keep looking yeah. for the opportunity. It's there. It's there. <laughs> Just right. keep looking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so we're going to take another short break. When we come back, um, I want to talk about what you do to relax and rejuvenate. Get out of your own way and take ownership of your life, dreams, and goals. Get unstuck with Robin's four ways to have more confidence and less stress mini course. Get back in the driver's seat. Gain clarity and take action today. Learn more at RobinJSachs.com. So Robin, what do you do to relax and rejuvenate? Oh, so um, I I had mentioned that I had always been an athlete. And Mm -hmm. over the last few years, I had sort of gotten out of playing sports as competitively as as I always have. And I started to get into things like yoga and meditation Mm -hmm. and things like that, that again, I had heard forever about and knew the value (laughs) of and went, oh, that's that's cool. And just never Uh did anything with it. And I have to tell you, I, on a daily basis, I, I have four apps on my phone, like two of them free, two of them I pay for, um, that are, you know, I do like a five to 10 minute meditation every day. Uh, sometimes I'm walking, sometimes I'll just sit down or lay down or whatever, but that yeah. I cannot tell you how those few minutes a day of, of just doing the meditation has changed so many things in my life. And it's it's one of those things that do it with zero expectation because it will take you three or four right. months before you realize the power of it. But yeah, it, I, I find that after doing that now for a couple of years, five, 10 minutes a day, and then just walking away and leaving it and that's it, it is almost impossible to get me riled up these days. Like right. nothing... Nothing throws me for a loop. And I realized <laughs> looking back, oh my goodness, it's just that I've trained my brain, right? You you give your brain right. muscle memory, give your body it's muscle memory. It's almost like pressing the vacuum cleaner in your brain. As I don't know, because I only yes. recently discovered meditation. I had tried before and it just didn't click. But then um, I finally found an app that I liked and it's the transformation is like, yeah, you're like, wow, I feel so much better after that. I want to ask you, if you don't mind sharing, um, yeah. what are some of the apps that you use? Because people are always um, asking, like, what apps are good for meditation? Definitely. Okay. So yeah. so in the in the past, I'll share a handful of them because I've used some. Um, yeah. And, and just, sometimes I just like to go to something new. to, to Me too. To I jump around. <laughs> so, yeah. so right now, um, I just discovered one called Balance. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and Balance actually... Oh, I don't remember. I'm sure you can Google it or look it up. Balance yeah. is giving, uh, it's normally a paid meditation app. Yeah. It's, I want to say it's like 50 bucks a year or something like that. They're yeah. doing, you can sign up right now for an entire year for free. Oh, wow. No, no, nothing. Just they're giving it away for free if you sign up. So balance is one that I'm really enjoying. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've used calm. Calm is, is a great one. Okay. Um, uh, one that I really like right now is called Asana Rebel. Asana, like with Asana. an A, or oh, how do you spell, how do I spell that? So A S is in Sam. Okay. A 
N is in Nancy, A, Asana. Okay. okay. And then second word, rebel. Like, okay. I'm a rebel. I'm going to go out okay. and do stuff. Cool. Um, a lot of really cool things um, with that. Um, I've used Headspace. I know mm-hmm. that that's one that's popular. That, yeah. That, yep. Um, and then another one now that I started using is actually a full fitness app, but they have a meditation piece to it. So there's a ton of meditations in there. Oh, yeah. Um, and it is called Fit On. F-I-T-O-N. Fit On. Fit On. Okay. And it, the cool thing about that is um, it's got a meditation section. It's got a yoga section. It's got a cardio section. It's got a... High intensity section, you know, it's got literally like three different types of mind and body workouts for all wow. levels. Um, using weights, not using weights, you know, doing full, yeah. you know, things from five minutes to an hour and a half classes. Oh, great! I have to check this out. <laughs> oh, that sounds really Definitely. cool. Uh-huh. And I love so, yeah, how it's I, like mind and body workout. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And that's something that that you know, you ask, well, what do I do to, to relax and rejuvenate? You know, that yeah. piece of it is relaxation, but that rejuvenation is really key is, you know, we, you know, going back to talking about, you know, stress, one of the main yeah. stressors that we have in our lives is we don't stop stressing. We don't rejuvenate. We don't stop for a little while and kind of reboot. Right. And, yeah. and even if there are stressful things happening in your life at any given time, as there will be, you know, you got to step back and do something, you know, again, just do something, whether it's a a self-care of some kind, whether it's just start, just sit back and stretch a little bit, take a few breaths. When somebody else is stressing, what do you tell them to do? Right. Take a couple of deep breaths, right. (laughs) We don't ever tell ourselves to do that, which is weird. You know, those things just, you have got to step out of your stress before you go back into it. And you will be so much more prepared to just handle that stuff as it comes to you. Meditation has been amazing um, because I realized that one, it has nothing to do with, you know, sitting on a mountain for days at a time and kind of that extreme that we think, oh, meditation is kind of monk. (laughs) Right. Right. It doesn't have to be. That's not the purpose of it. It's also not, the purpose is not to necessarily quiet your mind, right? It's not mm-hmm. about to sit and not think. The, you know, the, the thing that's most powerful that I've learned from meditation is to kind of give yourself that moment of space. And if thoughts come in, that's okay. Acknowledge they're there and then just let them right. keep going. Don't hold on to all of it because that's what yeah, we I tend to do. The shift. Hold on yeah. to it. That's yeah. the biggest shift that where I finally became more successful in um, embracing meditation. Because at first I thought, oh no, I just have to calm my mind. When I let that go, and I just realized, yes. you know, just enjoying what I'm listening to. And if I have thoughts coming in, who cares? That let them come in, float away, whatever. But yeah, that's that's key. I feel. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, because I think our thoughts. The thing is, the problem isn't really our thoughts a lot. It's the fact that we have mm-hmm. those thoughts and then we hold on to them. And then once they're in our mm-hmm. head and we're holding them, we think them over and over and over. And then we overthink and then we make them bigger than they actually are. Right. If they can come in, we can acknowledge them and then they can, yeah. we can just let them go. And if they come back, that's okay. Um, right. But, you know, again, looking at it from that standpoint made it so much more, you know, it, it was, it was like a mind blown. Yes, that makes right. perfect sense. 
It's not about those things that we think it is. It, there's a total different purpose to it. Um, yeah. And it's more about releasing things than quieting things. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. Wow. Now, last but not least, I want to know who or what, or you could say who and what, doesn't matter, inspires you. I I love that question, Sandy. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it'd be easy to to talk about a bunch of, you know, authors or people or inspirations or people who, I, you know, the thing that yeah. comes to my mind is my 14-year-old daughter. Oh, and, I love that. You know, watching, it, it's amazing when you really are watching and paying attention to a kid growing up and, you know, you, you kind of, you can pull the parent eyes off of it for a little bit and you look at yeah. the bigger picture of somebody who's experiencing so many things new, so many things for the first time in life, they're tripping, they're falling, they're getting up, they're figuring out how to, how to recover, you know, all those right. things, how to handle emotions, you know, all of those things. And, and have somebody start to discover their own confidence and their own likes and their own dislikes and their own passions and, and just kind of discovering who they are as a person. Mm-hmm. I, it reminds me that that's not just a journey and discovery for kids. We as adults should always be in that discovery mode. What is making right. us happy? What is not? What do I do well? What do I not? What do I care about? What do I not? What is my passion? What is it not? What have I learned new that I didn't know before? And has that changed right. anything for me? You know, that mode of discovery and and watching my daughter growing up, and she's an amazing kid anyway, I'm biased, but she's Aww. an amazing kid. Um, <laughs> I'm sure but, she know, is. <laughs> you know, that that kind of reignites in me that discovery of, you know, it's okay to look at your life at various points in your life and realize you don't have to be where you are right now if you don't want to be. You can be anywhere else you want to be. If you love where you are, fantastic. Check in with that and go, yep, we're still on course. We're still on track. This is still working. Um, Yeah. You know, that Everyone should be on that path of discovery for themselves all the time. And you don't have to be searching and looking, you know, just be aware, pay attention, you know, pay attention to what people say about you, you know, hey, you know, you do that well. Hey, you're really good at this. Those little things that we often kind of push to the side because we think, oh, whatever, it's just what I do. Or we, we don't, we don't value that stuff in ourselves and we don't realize how inspiring those words should be to us and what we could actually do with them if we believed in ourselves and and trusted ourselves a little more. Oh, I love this. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. Um as a parent, I that totally um yeah, it hits at home because um I like how you talk about that constant, you know, self-discovery. And it is kind of interesting to sort of take a step back and like watch like children as they grow and stuff. And, um, it's kind of funny cause, um, it's like as a parent, sometimes you feel like, Oh, okay. So they tried this, like, let's say, for example, I don't know, my kids tried playing clarinet and they enjoyed it for a time, for example, and then decided, nah, I don't feel like doing this anymore and move on to something else. And it's like, I know some parents might really, you know, say, no, you have to stick, stick, stick with it. But I always kind of adopted the attitude of, well, if, you know, they decided they have 
shifted their interest, then fine. Like, I'm not going to like, you know, hammer in, oh, you have to stick with this. Do what you want, go explore. And your interests, obviously, are going to change anyway as you, as you go through, move through life. And so, yeah, I love, I love how you talk about, you know, just that constant discovery. That's so true. Yeah. So. And boy, I, I love what you just said also, Sandy, because it's, you know, there's nothing more frustrating to me than to see somebody telling someone, stick with something you hate because you can't quit, as opposed to yeah. encouraging them to say that that's the worst lesson to teach somebody. The lesson I, I want to teach them is, hey, try those things, try a bunch of different things. And when you find the things that do resonate with you, nobody's got to push you to do them because you're going to keep doing them. Right. It's not going to feel like a job, for people, example. Right. right. Yeah. If you have to keep pushing <laughs> right. me to do it, there's probably not a whole lot in there for me. I'd much rather teach you to go find things that you you wake up every day and you're excited to go do because it resonates. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love this. Listen, Robin, thank you so much for taking time out to talk with me today. I really appreciate um, the, your time and um, it's been a pleasure having you on here. Um, so thanks again. I It's been wonderful. Oh, Sandy, again, thank you so much. I appreciate you and and thanks for the invite to to share. Yeah, sure. So for our listeners, um, Robin's offering a free 30-minute coaching consultation. So if you're interested, um, reach out to her. Just let her know that you um, heard our interview on All Things Relax with Sandy podcast. And you can also receive her free mini course. It's four ways to get out of your own way today, which by the way, is fabulous. Um, G and I listened to it and we love it. <laughs> so um, when you sign up for her email list, and that's going to be over on her website, robinjsax.com, and I'll put the links there. You can also connect with Rob with Robin over on LinkedIn. And um, she's on Instagram, also at Robin underscore Sachs. But all of that information I'll put in the show notes. All right. Thank you again. I appreciate your time, sure. Sandy. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We appreciate your support. Ciao. You have been listening to All Things Relax with Sandy D. Inspiring women to relax, rejuvenate, and find their inner zen. Check out our blog at allthingsrelaxstudios.com and follow us on Instagram at allthingsrelaxstudios. Until next time. <laughs>